Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Worth It podcast. Hello, JD. Hi, Tom. How is it going? I'm tired, and now I have to actually get out of bed. <laughs> How are you, Tom? Man, you've got to go the extra mile. You'll be looking like a drag queen in no time. <laughs> oh, I don't mind that. They're very talented people. <laughs> Absolutely. So I came across a really cool... Um, I say I came across, I can't really take all the credit. My girlfriend actually did send me this through. Um, she sent me a 30-day film challenge picture. And I'll credit the guys just here or just on the screen or wherever um, who actually made this photo. But it was the 30-day film challenge. And every day of the week, it asks you a specific question that you need to answer with the name of a film. So, I'll give you an example. You would have seen, if you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, we would have started this already at the beginning of the week, so you might recognize some of these questions coming up. But the first one was actually the first film you remember watching. So that was day one's question. What was the first film that you remember watching? What was yours, JD? I don't know which came first. It was either Toy Story 1. Yeah. Or it was South Park the movie. Damn! Oh my god, <laughs> they're two very two different completely films. Completely different ends of the spectrum. Wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> so let's okay. not talk about how my childhood went. What about you, Tom? Wow, that's unbelievable. Well, you know, I, my first movie that I ever watched was Indiana Jones. Um, oh, yeah, and. It was my auntie that put it on for me. Or I don't think it was the first movie that I ever watched as such. It's kind of the first movie that I ever remember watching um, or significantly watching because my, my auntie used to play me on repeat the Indiana Jones trilogy over and over and over again. And it's always has, always has and always will be my favorite set of films ever um, because I just love that kind of thing. I love that kind of action and stuff like that. And it's kind of what got me into the whole action thing anyway. That's why I've always been like drawn towards action films in general as such man indiana jones is amazing and that was the first film that i actually ever remember watching as such um yeah i i love it i love it um but moving on i guess i want to ask a question jd i want you to tell me which one you preferred when you first remember watching it did you prefer south park or did you prefer toy story which one toy story Yeah, I go back and watch South Park every now and then. I'm like, that is more funny than I remember being. <laughs> Toy Story yeah. still though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> so um, we're actually now. I think would be a good idea is if we run through the questions that are coming up this week and that have been already this week because uh, we've actually split it up quite nicely at the minute. So Ella is actually going to be answering the very first five um, days worth of the 30-day film challenge, and then it's going to move on to JD, and then it's going to move first five on or to myself. Was it uh, 10? I think it's... Oh, is it 10? No, I thought it was five. It's five, five, five. Oh, oh yeah. you got to go no, do no, no, your no. homework. Yeah, yeah, no, that's my bad. That's my bad, yeah. Ella's doing the first 10. They're doing it in three blocks, aren't we? That's it, yeah. So Ella's doing the first 10 days, and then JD's doing the next 10, and I'm doing the final 10. Um, so we're going to see what our personal uh, answers are to these next uh, five days so obviously monday was the first film you remember watching tuesday would have been a film that starts with the first letter of your name Ooh, damn go jd i mean you've got it easy you know <laughs> t you could just put the anything the anything yes but I, uh... i'm not gonna cheat there i'm gonna actually tell you a particular one I want to know what yours is. Are you going to do... Yeah, yours, yeah, J, yeah. Hmm, J. 
James Bond's the only one I can think of, but then I haven't seen many James Bond films. No? Ooh, no. Damn. Damn. But even then, it's not called James Bond. They, they actually have names, like Casino oh, Royale, yeah. for example, or you know, Quantum of Solace. Is oh, got it. James yeah. of the Giant Peach. James of the Giant Peach, wow. The animated <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Listen to the film, it counts. Yeah, that'll do. So, James and the Giant Peach was yours. Uh, mine would be Terminator. I. Oh, Terminator, man. Class. Absolutely class. Another action film that I probably shouldn't have watched when I was younger, but I did. <laughs> it was brilliant. I love Terminator. And then, of course, um, if we were to do Worth It's particular choice, then what do you reckon Worth It would be? Well, is it a film that starts with W? Mm, yeah. I was going to say Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. No, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yep. Do you know what I would choose? Go on. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah! Oh, yeah. I was going to say, but yeah, I'll go Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I was writing it out, and I looked at all the five days, and I thought, yep, yeah, that's got to be Wolf of Wall Street. But the, the thing is, right, with this 30-day film challenge, if you follow it along and you do every single day in order, I feel like if I chose a film on the second day, I might want to re-choose it when it comes to like a later day but can i re-choose it i don't know no, no you gotta to? lock that answer in <laughs> yeah that's it you can never choose it again just that one answer um no wolf of wall street i think would be worth it <laughs> worth its choice i can't i can't really think of that many many other ones um that being with w i don't know why at the time I, yeah i still can't think of any now i probably think of loads after i finish recording i'll be like, oh that one yes i remember god damn it um but yeah so let's move swiftly on. So, so what's Actually, day number three? Let's talk about day number three, which is today, the podcast, when you're seeing it right now, uh, Wednesday, uh, a film that has more than five words. Go. Charlie and the Chocolate <laughs> Factory. Yay! Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, cool. Um, I'd already told you this before, but my, my choice would have been uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and the Curse of the Black Pearl because I love that film. It's so, it's so good. It's a classic, isn't it, really? Amazing. Yeah, you can't go wrong with, with classics. Johnny Depp sailing in on a sinking ship and just as it goes under the water, he steps onto the pier. Beautiful. Honestly, that's one of my, honestly, one of my favorite moments in cinema ever is when Johnny Depp does that. I absolutely love it. It's such, yeah, it's great. It's absolutely oh. great. Um, so we're not going to answer any more, though, are we? Because we're going to wait for the. I mean, do you have any more with more than five? Um, oh, just loads more than five. The obviously. Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah, <laughs> I think most of the uh, Marvel films actually go over five anyway. Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier does. Um, what, what else? Indiana Jones. Yeah, and the, and the, the Temple Sun. of Doom. Yeah, <laughs> uh, actually, every Indiana Jones goes over. Does Star Wars yeah. go over? Star <laughs> Wars: A New Hope. Uh, Star Wars: Return. Of, yeah, Return of the Jedi. Star Wars. Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> sure, it depends. Do you count the? Yeah. Uh, you you do in this instance, I think. <laughs> But yeah, so that that is uh, that was Wednesday. So next one along, we get um, a film with a number in its title. Film with a number in its title. Hmm. Hmm. Seven. Yeah, and it's literally a film. Have you seen yeah, but 
Which one? Seven with Morgan Freeman or Seven the Little Sack People film? Oh, oh, oh. oh god damn. I didn't realise it was two. My god. Because one's spelled seven, the other yeah. one's just the number seven. Yeah, I, I mean the one that's spelt seven. Oh, I was thinking yeah. the number seven little sack people. No, I've never heard of that film. I don't it's think really good. That film <laughs> no, it's super good. You should go watch it. Oh, really? Is that as much as the desire to watch Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler? No, oh, is that more than five? Yeah, but Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler is the full title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be ready to count it. Did the whole thing, Tom, go and watch Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler? That's way more than five words. <laughs> <laughs> what did they change their film title to that just uh just for my sake <laughs> oh my gosh um so well, now you've uh, got to watch the, it the final one for the day or no, number five for that matter is um a film where the character has a job that you want Do, is there a particular one that you have jd captain america captain america <laughs> a superhero well yeah i mean that's a job i guess Ever since I was a little kid, I always told teachers I want to be a superhero. And they go, oh, dream realistic. Yeah. Watch me. <laughs> I mean, Tony Stark, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also, I, again, you know when I just mentioned before, what if you wanted to reuse one? I mean, The Wolf of Wall Street, it, he's literally like the biggest, most successful stockbroker ever, uh, which is quite... Yeah, but you're only getting his job. You're not getting the skills. Mm, that's very true. That's very true. I said Interstellar. Man really? is an astronaut. Ah, uh, uh, no, I hate that. No, <laughs> I don't like space. Same way I don't uh, like the ocean. It's too much. vast and empty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I can see a point, to be honest. I can see a point. But, um, so, you know, I guess rounding up um, and looking at the overall 30-day film challenge, there are some really, really interesting topics and interesting questions uh, on there that will give some interesting films in the end. Uh, if you were to do the actual film challenge properly, you're meant to pick your film of the day and then go and watch that film um, and, you know, cast your opinion on said film. Um, so, obviously, that they were our personal opinions on the first five. I think we'll actually take a look at that again next week because, you know, it's, it's nice to cast opinions on different films and, you know, answer different questions because your film knowledge and the films that you've watched, JD, are completely different to the ones that I've watched, for example. Yes, um, I've got a movie over here. <laughs> I feel like I've not watched any, really. I, I feel like the, the most of my films that I've watched are really, really new and modern. So, like, 2005, maybe 2000 onwards. Uh, I don't really... I can't really say I've watched that many older films than that. And that's because, obviously, video games are life, aren't they right, JD? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. No, so uh, let's let's move on, hey. Let's talk about the topic of the week and the actual topic of today's podcast. Um, and that is something that I've come across over the past week whilst I've been writing and developing stuff. And it's something that you're actually talking, uh, talking about at the minute, JD, when you're choreographing stuff. And that's to do with fighting and in particular fighting in action sequences and action films in general and how do we choreograph it and how do we utilize green screen and utilize visual effects to make everything run smoothly and look beautiful and stuff and it's something that i've come across as like a challenge for myself because i um or worth it in general taking on a star wars project which is heavy duty vfx and it's gonna be heavy duty Mm -hmm. action as well um 
And then, of course, one of the the big films that we are taking on straight after we come out of lockdown is Bloodlust, which is a uh, would you say fantasy, like a fantasy action? Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I'd put it under that category. Yeah, and that will require VFX, and it will require SFX as well, um, along with the choreography of uh, of fighting and stuff. And um, I wanted to talk about um, action on green screen in particular. Because we're noticing quite a lot now that there's a lot of films, perhaps the majority of films, uh, to squish down the budget and to increase the amount of creativity you can apply to a project. They do quite a lot of stuff on green screen so that the VFX artists can come in at a later date and just paint and draw and design the world around. Um, uh, What's your opinion on green screen, JD? I think it looks beautiful when you see it on screen, but otherwise, like, have you ever seen any film where somebody's just doing literally anything, but it looks like the most saddest and quite pathetic thing when you yeah. just see a green screen and no special effects, there's some guy putting his hand around. Yeah, I think um, somebody mentioned to me the other day, uh, I was in work and someone said, do you know what I've noticed? In any in any film ever, it's just filmmakers cannot get it right. Uh, it's just the idea of shooting film whilst driving a car. People can't get green screen car driving right ever. And I kind of I kind of sort of agree with that because you know whenever you look at anything on a TV show or on a film, whenever they're driving in the car, it just looks so fake. Why? Why does it look? Because they're not paying attention to where they're actually going, because they can't see the invisible road. Yeah, that's right. And there's there's another thing as well with time interpolation and the ability to, um, if you're in motion and you're personally as a viewer sat at home on a settee, then you're not in motion at all. So if you're looking at motion on the screen, if you're immersed as a viewer then it's going to look fake because you're not moving and the screen's not moving and the camera is also steady as well. The camera's not moving either. So it's going to look fake and it's going to feel fake no matter what. And the only way in which you can get around that is to actually add camera shake and to add dynamic movement to the camera whilst in the Some glare in the background. Yeah, which is incredibly tough and it's incredibly hard and it takes a long time. And normally, most of our scenes in a car are usually placeholder scenes. They're not big scenes that... Uh, actually have any weight they're usually just there to add in time or there to develop a little bit of the story they're never there to actually make a big impact on screen so a lot of the time filmmakers kind of breeze over it it's just a break or like a a tearaway scene it's it's not really necessary as such it's Um, it's difficult arduous and complicated for a very small payoff yeah yeah that's right yeah so at the same time it makes the whole scene as a total yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to um, to focus on it to make it like a big thing, unless your whole film is based around driving or a car. You know, like Fast and Furious. Make sure that their yeah. green screen stuff's brilliant. Um, but the likes of you know, I see Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods is one of the worst for it. It's I don't know if you've seen it. It's a cop show on on Sky Atlantic, and their green screen car stuff is the most horrendous thing. Honestly, a five year old could probably do a better job. On oh my goodness, but you can I'll... tell it's kind of like we've got a certain amount of time to make it and a certain amount of budget and we don't want to go over that. I'll tell you who shockingly does a really good car green screen. Go on. Two and a half men. Really? <laughs> with, two, with the Charlie Sheen. Wow. I remember watching that when I was younger and every time they're turning, mm-hmm. the green screen in the background is turning in accordance oh. correctly. 
That's fair enough. That's There's fair nothing enough. actiony. It's just they're talking in the car, yeah. but it's reacting properly and it yeah, works yeah, yeah. so well. And there are certain elements, you know, where they don't use green screen. They do actually go out in a car and they do actually drive. It's mainly when they're sat stationary in a car, you know, at the side of a road or something like that. Yeah, because we did that for um, Hunter, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Yeah, because it looks more authentic, and if we have the ability to park a car, may as well, right? Yeah, there was that awkward moment though, because I remember while we were filming, I had a bag on my head for the scene, and as we were driving, a cop car went past with the sirens on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had to stop the car. I had to take the hood off. Hey, I thought you meant a different. I was thinking of a completely different project in my head where the car was actually parked. I forgot you meant hunted. We did actually drive around as well, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, and you know. You know, we we got it done quick. It took like what thirty five seconds to do the filming bit. And yeah, the cops it. didn't got... pull us over in the end. Thank God. Yeah. In and out, in and out, rapid. Um. So yeah, that most of it, I guess, um, is just to do with you know budget restraints and all that jazz. Um. But it would be nice if people focus a bit more on all the scenes and all of the project. Their whole project is their piece of art, and they need to yeah. you know, treat it with respect. I guess so. So yeah. Um, so let's move back to action, I guess, and move more back towards um, green and blue screen for that matter. Um, and let's talk about how much of it is actually fake and how much is real. Um, so obviously we see lots of behind the scenes footage of actors uh, training and getting ready for their actual fight sequences. And, you know, it's half between the stunt person, half between the actual actor themselves to get the stuff right. Um, so there's a lot of uh, timing and a lot of practice and a lot of emphasis on learning fight moves and fighting and you know kind of like stage fighting and screen fighting you know there's there's lots of acting courses you can do for that kind of thing because that is probably the most heavy um real i guess i put that inverted commas real um thing on screen that you actually do see so i think one of the biggest examples now at the minute they got a really big behind the scenes featurette for chris hemsworth's um Extraction. Yeah, his workout is incredible. Yeah, it scares me. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how much they put in to getting that stuff right and to making it happen. And you know, I give stuntmen so much, and stuntmen and women so much, you know, respect because I, I wouldn't do their job for any money at all in the world. Um, they do an amazing bit of work. So no, that's why you've got me in your in your workplace. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I could throw you around, JD. That's fine. Yeah, I love that stuff. It's great. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how much of it is fake? I mean, most of your explosions and your background stuff is there in essence, but not fully there. It's kind of like half there. Well, um, sometimes they do it in CGI, don't they? So it's yeah, like, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes if it's a huge explosion that levels a building, we're not going to be able to do that in the middle of Liverpool, are we? So that's good. Not unless CGI. that building needs to come down, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that, yeah. Um, but... You know, when it comes to like sort of a little explosion, like maybe like a smoke grenade or something like that, that'll be real because it's small. So it's got to be about scale. So if it's a big scale, it's usually CGI'd in. And if it's a small scale, it's usually there on set with you at the same time. Um, And speaking of, you know, smoke grenades and stuff, let's have a look at crash mats and props because they're really big when it comes to action. If you're throwing someone to the ground really hard, they're going to want to land on something soft. They don't be landing on nasty hard surfaces. When yeah. we're doing hunted, we got really, really lucky because obviously 
you know, we didn't need crash mats. We had snow. We had lots and lots of snow to land on. It was fine. <laughs> Just still stones. You say that, Tom. Stones and because for for our main action scene, yeah, the snow was really nice and fluffy. Yeah, yeah. And that was great. Yeah. But when we did those end scenes and I had to take a dive, yeah. it was fine the first time. It was soft. It was fluffy. But it's not until the seventh take yeah. of a different angle and the snow has turned to ice as yeah. I keep impacting it yeah, and I'm yeah. breaking my back going, man, I wish we had a crash mat here. And, I, and I'm stood behind the camera going, just a bit, just hit the floor a bit harder, yeah? Hit the floor a bit harder. Just, just one more time, <laughs> Jimmy. Just one more time. Yeah. You need to bounce your head more off the ground. <laughs> Yeah, um, sometimes me as a director doesn't realise how hard the floor is. Um, and no, that's something that no you don't. <laughs> so, um, you know, when when I write action sequences, I often, if I can't do it myself, I don't do it at all. Um, so a lot of my fighting is revolved around whether I can you know, complete that move as such. Um, so when you read a script, if you read it and go, damn, it's normally because I can actually do it myself because I've tried it outside. I go into my garden I get my brother, we both do karate, and we both throw the moves, and if we can't do the moves, it doesn't go in the script. But we can do the moves, it goes in. So I'm not going to see my, my cast or anything like that, try and do backflips and boot people in the head and stuff like that. But yeah. at the same time, if they want to throw a roundhouse and it and it and I can connect the roundhouse, if I if I could do it in well, in in actual real life, then it's gonna, you know, be allowed to go onto paper as such. I think it then comes down to the ability of the actors because what you can do, I might not be able to do. But what I can do, you might not be able that's to right, do. That's right, yeah. yeah. And that's also, you know, it's half a dozen of one and six units. So it's where uh, where quite a lot of training comes into it. So, you know, if you if we have the time to train for it, then I guess you can do quite a lot more. The scope is a bit wider because um, you're able to practice and lead up to that eventuality that you're going to do it for recording. Um, yeah. And that's, again, where we can go back to how much is fake and how much is real. So, you know, if somebody is a little bit on set or they want to break down a move and take it slowly whilst recording, we can speed ramp it and make it look like a connection. Yeah. So something that we did in Hunted um, was uh, one of our main characters gets struck over the head with a uh, bit of wood. I think that was you. Mm. It was you, JD. Did you hit Josh? No, I, I smacked... I think his name was Gary? I think... Did you... No, you, you, you crawled up to Lovely Josh, man right? Wales crawled up to Josh, hit him over the head, and then you rugby tackled. No, that's right. Yeah. Smash Josh, Seamus. tackle Gary. Seamus, yeah. No, it wasn't Seamus. No, not Seamus. Anyways. I was going to say, it was yes. Gary. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. My God, Wales, I can't remember his name. Anyways, yes. You, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. So when you hit Josh, you hit him too slow for us on camera. Uh, and that's obviously because you don't want to smack him in the head and hurt him yeah. and stuff like that. So you place the rock. Because it was a meaty log. log. I don't want to yeah. break his skull in. Yeah, absolutely. So you place the rock on the back of his head. And in post, we just ramped that up really fast. So it looked like he smacked him dead hard. And it yeah. worked. It worked fine. So a lot of the time, if it's like getting too tough for the actor or actress and she or he is getting tired, then maybe sometimes throwing a move nice and slowly can be speed ramped up. Um, or even if the angle's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. And there's always that point about rethinking and re re-strategizing and making sure that the moves are right for everyone. Yeah, because as you do say, not everyone can do um, the moves not everyone can do it. It's just simple, as simple as that, really, isn't it? Yeah, I um, can't do a backflip. Yeah, please don't ever yeah, make me yeah, do yeah, a backflip. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, as I just said before, I'm writing a Star Wars short film, and it it does involve lightsabers, and it involves a um, a vibro staff as well. A vibro, 
No, electro. Yeah, electro staff. I keep getting those two mixed up for some reason. Vibro staff is used for stunning. Electro staff are used by magma, magma guards for killing. Right, okay, there we go. Oh, you're so out. A electro staff is a very long staff, and it's got two ends that are electrified. Um, so basically, I think it's around 2 meters 10, the staff. And we've made the prop that's the right size for it now, so we do a lot of training outside with the staff and you know throwing it round trying different moves out trying different strike methods and angles and stuff like that we recorded some behind the scenes for it so i can show you later jd if you want to have a look of us please i'm not being funny tom but i know what i'm picturing you got the staff yeah. and on either end yeah. there's some kind of bulb of electricity and it makes like a, an actual weapon but all i'm picturing is the giant sticks from gladiator <laughs> just going in yeah so obviously in reality we can't make sticks ignite into electric rods on the end of each bit because that is a futuristic weapon that doesn't actually exist in real life so naturally vfx comes into play so we painted the tips green so therefore whenever alex comes to edit you can motion track the green tips and then obviously vfx over the electro staff end so it looks like an actual weapon when we're fighting and hopefully it'll look really cool. I'm um, going to send some reels to him over the next couple of weeks so he can have a little look at um, doing the VFX and doing the edit work and see if it actually works out as such. Um, yeah. And obviously it's all about trial and error as such. Making a lightsaber is quite easy because there's a new saber plugin for After Effects that allows you to, quite simply, create a lightsaber. That's why, you know, you see quite a lot of the time now in um online like social media videos where they vfx lightsabers onto sword battles and stuff as like a joke yeah it's literally that easy all you have to do is motion track your thing and attach the saber on and that's great so as long as you've got like a distinct color that stands out over the rest like obviously like a sword is gray so it's going to stand out over the green background um and we're obviously using bright neon green as our as our sabers so that can track nice and easily to make the saber effect and yeah. also what's really nice about uh, about that as well is uh, the saber effect allows you to customize it to to allow for different like variants um, of saber so you can have the fractured crystal effect or you can have the the full normal traditional lightsaber blade effect you can change the whole look and feel and obviously color of your lightsaber to to match your character which is a, yeah. a really it's a really cool plugin it's a very cool plugin um, but yeah, that's kind of what I want to talk about, whether, you know, what is fake and what isn't fake when it comes to uh, filmmaking, especially in... Nearly action. everything is fake in this nearly job. Everything is fake. That's what I've learned. That is the answer, yes. Nearly everything is fake. We can always steal ideas and pretend that it's real and pretend that we're really cool, but we're not really cool. We're fake. <laughs> that, that is the answer. No, it's not really that. It's not that serious. But um, yeah, so a lot of the actual fighting the raw fighting it always comes down to the talent of the person performing that said fight sequence so yeah that that is the end of the uh, the talk about vfx and action in in movie sequences and you know how we go about making our action stuff when filming on green screen blue screen all that jazz let's have a look at the final part of the worth it podcast uh, for today's episode and we're going to be talking about dual filming and what i mean by dual filming is self-shooting behind the scenes projects whilst actually filming our proper projects like for example today's worth it podcast uh, you know there's a camera in the corner filming behind the scenes for the worth it podcast like so 
What I want to talk or about today. me making a tweet with my phone while we're doing the podcast before yeah. we had a camera on. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to talk about whether doing double the time, doing double the edit, and doing double the work actually has any benefit at all, or whether it's just a complete waste of time. We shouldn't bother. Um, so, firstly, I just JD, just tell me what is your instant opinion about behind the scenes. Behind the scenes are fun. I like making behind the scenes. I like watching them. Same goes for deleted scenes. Yeah. If it doesn't make the final cut, I like going to the extras on a DVD or Blu-ray or whatever it is now and just seeing what didn't make the cuts or what was happening behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're really fun, aren't they? They're really fun to watch. Yeah. It's nice to see. I, I guess that is one of the biggest benefits, I guess, because people do actually like watching behind the scenes. If we look at um, our channel statistics and stuff, the behind the scenes almost have, if not have more views than our actual content on the channel, which is amazing. Oh, my so soul. <laughs> it just shows that, you know, shooting behind the scenes and showing actual raw personality of the cast and the crew really has a massive effect. It's also one of those things where um, not only can people who are watching look back and see how we did stuff, but we can also ourselves look back. And it helps us develop. You know, when we do those post-production meetings and we, we go back and we look at a film, we say, okay, how did we make that? How did it go? How did we feel about it? Did we do well? What did we fail on? You know, we can see it directly with the behind the scenes. We can go, look, you uh, you didn't actually press record there, JD. I noticed. I noticed. I was watching on the behind the scenes. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, that's, you know, it's a really good way to find out how how we can improve for the next project. Um, yeah. And that's one of the big benefits, I guess. So it helps us learn for the future. Um, but one of the biggest things that I feel that behind the scenes helps us do is it helps teach everyone filmmaking, not just myself, not just Alex, who have been taught how to hold a camera and how to shoot and all that jazz. But yourself, JD, who is an actor yeah. by, by trade and has been brought up as an actor in general, you, you wouldn't be as drawn towards cameras as we would. But with behind the scenes, everyone has the ability to pick up the camera and to film so therefore everyone learns as a collective group um so when again when it comes to future projects we all have a little bit more knowledge on how filmmaking works and that's kind of that's kind of a good thing in a way right yeah because it helps people like myself who want to take on bigger roles understand everyone else's uh, job in the room mm -hmm. i think the best example was um i was looking back at old stuff i did and there's footage of behind the scenes, and I'm just talking with other casts. We wait for the microphone to set up, yeah. the cameras, uh, backgrounds. But now I'm looking at it and thinking, I could have been talking to the microphone that was overhead and seeing if we could have helped like level the audio levels before they started rolling so we didn't have to do an audio test after, yeah. we, after everyone else was ready. Yeah. But I only recognize that now because I've had a, a job in doing the audio myself. And I realized, uh, can you guys speak for me, please? Just yeah. to see if I can yeah, get, yeah. get those audios before we start rolling. Absolutely. I, it does help. It helps loads and loads. It's like um, if I was ever to be a guest on another podcast, I'd be like, do you want me to help wire this up? Or do you mm -hmm. want me to you know, help you with the levels on this or something like that? Or do you want me to speak to 30? Do you want me to what? talk? You know. I'd be always suggesting stuff or suggesting... It's a bit like Dwayne Johnson says, isn't it? Always be the hardest working person in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I feel like dual filming and film behind the scenes is a really important aspect because, obviously, as you say, people enjoy watching it. People enjoy the aspect of it. People will like to learn. 
and it also teaches us and helps us learn too. And although it is double the work, it is always worth doing in the end as such because everyone can pick the camera up, everyone can teach themselves, everyone can learn, yeah. and it's kind of the best way forwards. Um, so yeah, that is actually the end of today's podcast. We shot a massive episode. Production value has increased tenfold. We are double the length of last week's episode, coming up to around, what is that, like 33 minutes or something like that? Wowee. Oh my gosh. So yeah, thank you very much, guys, for watching and listening to today's Worthy podcast. If you haven't already, um, come and check out the YouTube channel. You can see our beautiful slash ugly slash whatever you want to decide faces. One thank day. you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Thank you very much, JD, for being a part again of the Thank you for having me as always. No problem at all. And I'll speak to you all and see you all in the next one. See ya.